0: Welcome to the Thriving on Purpose podcast, where we teach Christian entrepreneurs how to build a strong foundation of faith, growth, and skill to lead and thrive on purpose in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, certified coaches, Elizabeth and Sebastian Richard.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Richard, and I'm here with my, the love of my life.
2: Elizabeth Richard.
1: And this week, we're really excited because we're doing an episode on success, but not just any kind of success. We're going to dive deep into what makes successful Christian entrepreneurs. So this week, we're going to give you 10 principles successful Christian entrepreneurs live by. Right, Liz?
2: exactly so as we know as Christian entrepreneurs we see what's going on in the mainstream uh, media and social media and we've you know read a lot of articles and success magazine and we follow personal development but there isn't much content that tells us what principles successful Christian inter- entrepreneurs live by because they do have different principles. There are different things that they live by.
1: Yeah, since we have different values, yeah. we don't operate the same way on a daily basis. And basically, we march to the beat of a different drummer. And that's what it boils down to. So the Christian entrepreneur is a different breed of entrepreneur. It's, it's something else. It's not quite the same as entrepreneurs out there in the world. Uh, you don't do yoga every morning, do you? Well, no. actually, if you are a Christian entrepreneur, I hope you don't do yoga every morning because if you do, maybe you should read about yoga a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> all this to say that we're gonna dive in and we're gonna expound on these ten successful Christian entrepreneur principles that you should live by, that we should live by, that we should apply to our own lives, that we sometimes are very successful at applying in our own lives, and other times we're like at the end of a week that's been kind of off, we're like we look back and go like wow, epic fail. Okay, it happens, you know. <laughs> but exactly. these are basically the ideal things that you should daily uh, pursue and do and uh, live and put your heart and pour yourself into. So number one, successful Christian entrepreneurs seek God's will daily. I mean, that's, that, that's a given, right? You have to, when you get up in the morning, you know who you're going to serve today. It's not going to be yourself. You get up in the morning and you know you're going to serve your maker. You're going to serve God. So you want to seek His will early on in the morning. Uh, you know, uh, in the mainstream, they're told, uh, you know, read 20 minutes of uh, personal devotions or whatnot. Or, or, or repeat your mantras or, or do your meditation. meditation or whatnot. We Christians, we're, we go to the throne of Almighty God. And that's where we get our wisdom for the day. That's where we get our strength for the day. That's where we get our courage for the day. That's the best way to start your day. As Psalm 5.3 reminds us, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. Now, that's the best way to start your day. Get up in the morning. You go to the throne. You make your voice heard to God. And then... It says you wait expectantly for the, the, for God to speak to your heart, give you direction, give you wisdom, uh, empower you for the day. Because hey, it's tough. I mean, just living day to day as a normal Christian is hard. But when you're a Christian entrepreneur, it gets even harder. So you really need that strength coming from on high.
2: Absolutely. And you know, uh, what he said earlier, there's nothing wrong in you doing some personal development, but you should do it after and you know when we hear in personal development um, to do meditations and so we change it so we meditate on God's Word instead so we can reread verses that encourage us to do our day
1: well there's nothing wrong with meditation I mean like you just said it's just shifting it basically Mm -hmm. because you know the Bible tells us to meditate on his word and to to ponder it and to think deep thoughts about God about who we're serving and that's very empowering obviously that's not what we're taught in in the by the mainstream, but um, Yeah, meditation is a world. uh, It's basically a kind of like a word that they've uh, They've taken for themselves and now Christians are afraid to use it or afraid to
2: yeah
1: To to use in their vocabulary because they're like well, that's new age. I can't do meditation Well, I'm sorry you should actually if you're if you're a Christian actually when you're praying and waiting expectantly on God That's a form of meditation. I mean you're you're pausing your whole being. You're waiting for his answer to flow inside of you and, and uh, to, to stir in your soul. And th- that's very deep. I mean, that's that's a way of meditating. Absolutely. So point number two, successful Christian entrepreneurs have simplicity of purpose. Now, Liz, I'd like you to go in depth with that because you know how I am. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of get into five, ten different directions at once sometimes because I get overly excited or I look for the shiny object. I have this shiny object syndrome and my wife is bare at me at sticking to the one thing. But we have our strength zones, everybody. And So Liz, simplicity of purpose.
2: Successful Christian entrepreneurs, when building an empire, they are hyper focused on a specific objective. So all their efforts and energy are dedicated in pursuing that clearly defined purpose. So they're very clear on their vision and it's so strong that it pulls them in a direction and they do not set their eyes on other distractions. I would say in this case, from what I've seen, it's that the the vision is so strong because God really put that purpose and that vision upon their heart that it kind of is like a magnet mm. to get it done. So it's different. As opposed to man-made purpose, uh, which is more you know focused on monetizing or money goal oriented or on objects and things. Um, Christian entrepreneurs that are successful oftentimes are driven by a vision that God gives them to accomplish something. So they, they are pulled to do it because they know that God wants them to do it. So it, it's kind of an in-sync thing. So... So that's what I've noticed when I did some research, Uh, that's one of the things that clearly defines them as to, you know, general uh, entrepreneurs out there are more oriented on their um, Mm man-made successes, you know. Uh, not all. I'm not gonna bash all of them. I know some, you know, do do great things. And to it's help okay. People. And I
1: mean, it's fine to have success. I mean, yeah, and some no do have there. good
2: motives, you know. To yeah, create, absolutely. A lot of people want to help people. And
1: that's fine. Um, yeah, but I I know what you're saying. I mean, as a Christian entrepreneur, it's a God-given purpose, and it's uh, it's bigger, wider, more encompassing, more kingdom-focused.
2: Yeah, it's bigger than themselves. There you the go. The vision is a lot bigger than themselves and where they see it going is always to glorify God in in what they're doing. So, because of all that, it's like a magnet that pulls them and they have clarity because they don't get, you know, distracted by shiny objects and all the other stuff around them because it's really clearly defined they have clarity when it comes to their purpose. Yeah and, and I've that's noticed why they're for, driven I've
1: noticed for my own life I don't know if it's like that for you, but when I do get distracted because it does happen uh, maybe to me more than to you, but it does happen, that's when I get depressed because see like we have an enemy we, we saw that a couple episodes ago that he, he loves to get us di- distracted And once I embark onto those distractions and pursue those instead of my God-given purpose, I get down on myself. I lose steam. I lose momentum, and then I get depressed. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a good way that the enemy uses distracting us like that to get us out of sync with God.
2: And it, it's very easy also to get you know sidetracked by convincing people out there that can convince you uh, as an entrepreneur that you need this or that you have to implement this in your business, and then you get all you know sidetracked and off purpose and off course because you think you need this for your business and reality sometimes and it's happened to me before you get so off the track that you have to stop yourself and and say uh you know what does god want me to do with my business like you have to refocus and get back to that and that's why the first point is so important because if you're seeking uh god daily you're all constantly asking god he's your ceo And you're asking him what to do and and guidance in your business so that also helps you and you know to limit like with the 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 era that we're in in social media it's so hard to um, to stay focused so limit your time on social media if you don't absolutely have to be on it for your business and even if you are on it building a business on social media try to focus on you know what I'm doing right now? Am I getting closer to my goal, or is what I'm doing right now with my time keeping me completely, just you know, doing a waste uh, time waster?
1: Yeah, and let's be honest. If we had a quarter for every single time we got pitched, you need this for your business. Had kind a of quarter for every time I got pitched, that I would be a multi-billionaire. I mean, it's crazy. Online, all yeah. the things that apparently we need to have to be successful, like programs, softwares, Mm -hmm. uh, be a member of this and pay so much a month for that and implement this that way and use that uh, agenda or whatever. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it's all over the place, the things that apparently we can't do without. And yet uh, I think you know some of them there's a lot of opportunities you you have to sift through it i mean obviously not everything is uh do or die and yeah and (laughs) and you have to sift and use wisdom and and just not get distracted too much
2: exactly and that's one of the points that when i was reading different success stories um you know between christian entrepreneurs and and non-christian entrepreneurs and there's always this common factor where those that are successful always have this this really clear, clear vision of what they are driven to do. And that's what really helps them to stay away from all of that. And they do eliminate a lot of social media and a lot of that, all of those distractions to really stay focused on their goal. And only once, you know, they've done their daily activities that are action focused towards their goals, only when they have that free time that Mm. they'll, you know, start, doing those different things that could be more of time wasters.
1: All right. And that brings us to number three. Successful Christian entrepreneurs have their priorities in order. I've said it many times in previous podcasts. You're a Christian entrepreneur, but it doesn't change the fact that your priorities should stay always God, family, business, in right. that order. I mean, if you... Uh, Switch it if you change it, your priorities will be out of whack. I mean, this these are the main categories, the three categories: God, family, and business. And in in uh, relationships, your first priority should be Jesus, others, and self. So basically, serving Jesus, then serving others, and then serving yourself. Okay. Uh, Actually, some people made an acrostic with that. They said it's it spells joy. (laughs) and jesus others and yourself spells joy yeah so it's a good way to remember it um so that's how to keep your relationships in order and the other one the god family business is how to keep your your daily or weekly or monthly or yearly priorities in order as well
2: yeah and i just want to add this in i was listening to a, a time management teaching by uh, john maxwell on systems and all that and he was saying that when he um puts in his time f- focuses his time uh, with his agenda and all that, um, he always blocks in time for his family right away because he knows that mm. his agenda is going to get filled up with a bunch of things. And that next thing you know, you just don't have time for your family if you do it the other way around. So that's, that's why smart. he said, start with putting blocks of time to have, you know, time with your family.
1: That's smart because uh, we always tend to go to the urgent instead of the important
2: mm-hmm. because we
1: always have a mindset, well, not a mindset, but a a way of thinking, oh, well, this can wait, or uh, Liz will understand, or uh, my son Jason will understand, I'll just report it for another time. Mm-hmm. And so, because there are families and, and we know they love us, sometimes we may tend to abuse of that trust and that love. Uh, but when, when we're thinking about business, like, well, so and so client can't wait, or so and so client is in a hurry, or so, so there we think in our minds, always oh, more important than, but if you block time ahead of time for your family and that just is there. Uh, that's it's already booked. It's there. It's it's in the it's in the books. So that way, it's a great way to do it.
2: Exactly. So that brings us to uh, a verse that we wanted to share with you in Matthew 6, 19, 21.
1: Yeah, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus reminds us of those priorities. Basically, uh, you know, when it comes to God first. Well, here it is. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this is so important, the last line. If your treasure is in your relationship with God, if it's in advancing His kingdom, that means your heart will be in that. And Proverbs reminds us that uh, rivers of life flow from our hearts. And that is so important. So where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. And I love this quote by Elizabeth George uh, when it comes to priorities. She said, each day is God's gift of a fresh, unspoiled opportunity to live according to His priorities. Now, that's putting it in perspective. So you wake up each day and you're like, isn't it wonderful to be alive today so that I can live to fulfill God's priorities. Right. That's the way you keep it in order. There's another quote by Chuck Swindle you wanted to share with us, Liz.
2: Yeah, uh, he says, my order of priorities reflects the level of my commitment to Christ. Whoever or whatever is in first place, if, it's, if it isn't the Lord Jesus, is in the wrong place. They're Charles to R. That. Uh, Charles Swindle.
1: Amen to that.
2: And you, I'll have you noticed that most Christian entrepreneurs that are successful oftentimes have a good marriage and have been married for many many years. And the reason you'll you'll notice that is because they have it, understood this key key priority this principle to prioritize God family and then business
1: yeah and I was listening to Ravi Zacharias uh, recently he's an amazing apologist by the way if you guys want to listen to some really deep uh, thoughtful uh, teachings um, that are gonna anchor your faith and give you reason for what you believe uh, Ravi Zacharias should really be at the top of your list anyway he was talking about his marriage and the toll that it took uh, because he's got an international ministry and he was talking about the toll it took on um, His family and he said that if he had one regret. It was that he didn't spend enough time at home And although he was extremely thankful that he had such an understanding wife But uh, it, it could take a toll. I mean the uh, Christian entrepreneurs no matter how well we mean sometimes depending on how big the ministry or business becomes uh, it can be overwhelming to um, to feel like stretched in so many directions at once. And uh, Ravi, I think really expressed that feeling quite well That at uh, that time when he was teaching. Right. Yeah, and so to finish number three, point number three uh, on priorities, there's another great quote here by Ezra Taft Benson, who says, when we put God first, all other things fall into their proper place or drop out of our lives. Our love of the Lord will govern the claims for our affection, the demands on our time, the interests we pursue, and the order of our, priority. I really, of our priorities. I really like the part where he says that when we put God first, things fall in their proper place or drop out of our lives. I mean, that's exactly what it is. I mean, True. when you're consumed with a love for God in a will to do His will, it's going to fall into place on its own and it's going to be amazing what you're going to see in your in your life in your business the right things will fall fall into the proper place and all that is surplus unnecessary you will lose interest in it's just going to fall out of your life naturally right point number four successful christian entrepreneurs they work out
2: yeah so they understood the importance of being fit For a strong body which holds up a strong mind Mm -hmm. so they are very health conscious Um, successful people in general and christian entrepreneurs are are very health conscious they want to live a long life they want to you know put good nutrients in their body because we are the temple of the holy spirit so they have this mindset that you know why would i poison myself with junk and you know, shorten my lifespan. Like they really believe in um, mental clarity and exercising to really get everything working in order. And uh, John Maxwell actually laughs a lot about this. And I've heard T D. Jake's too because they find it very difficult, um, you know, exercising at at their age and all that. But we all understand the importance you know and as you get older well you know it's about the heart and all that so
1: and most of them do it i mean it's i've heard td jakes talking about his workouts i have heard and and they're not like no, 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 Mr. Universe. I mean, obviously, yeah. you've seen how round T.D. Jakes is. And <laughs> but he's char- working hard. <laughs> but he's working hard. He yeah. loves his fried chicken, but he's working hard. But, but I'm not I'm not hit, taking a hit on, on T.D. here. I myself have to implement that better. But I was just uh, noting to Liz today, I saw a picture of Craig Rochelle, He was on a stage and he had his arms in the air. I said, did you see the size of this guy's arms? He, looked, he looks like Mr. Universe. The guy has huge biceps. Like, if he were my pastor, he's not, but if he were, I would really walk the line. I mean, <laughs> I'd be really scared. I don't want this guy to say, come in my office. <laughs> it's huge arms. I mean, this guy could crush a man in half. Uh, just saying. So, so yeah, it's a popular thing. Like, a uh, i think with the 90s and then the 2000s people became more and more health conscious and even mcdonald's had to uh, follow with that new trend i mean they're trying to implement yogurts and, and stuff in their menu i'm not saying it's working i'm just saying they're trying because <laughs> they're seeing that people are more health conscious and as a christian entrepreneur guess what you are running a business if you're married you're running you're not running you're you're, you, you have a marriage to take to look after. And if you have kids, you have kids to look after. So it demands a tremendous amount of energy and nothing gives you better physical energy than a, actually a good workout regimen every day or every two days. Some, some people do it three times a week. But
2: uh, Yeah, and uh, w- women uh, entrepreneurs listening to this, I know it's not easy, especially if you're <clears throat> working from home. Um, sometimes we think we have more time to actually get exercise done, but then we have so many things looking at us, chores, plus our work, plus our kids, if you have young kids at home. So this can get really difficult, but um, I have noticed, and it's something that I have to work on uh, Put into practice more on a daily basis, but I have noticed that when I do work out, it really does help me to uh, stay focused on what I'm supposed to do. I have more energy, so you know I'll be able to even work sometimes in the evenings if I have to, and not doze off on my computer. Um, yeah. And you know, with the kids too, like you have more energy when they get home from school. You got to go do the, the the evening routine, which could be you know quite demanding. So all that together, it really does make a difference. And so
1: I, f- I find that I nothing, I find that nothing clears the cobwebs in our minds better than a good workout. It's amazing how just like getting that blood circulation flowing, in that body and that heart rate going, and how that somehow makes us think better.
2: Yeah, it does. It is.
1: It is really cool about uh, the workout, what it does to our minds. So point number five: successful Christian entrepreneurs are time management focused clutter wastes your time setting daily goals then weekly goals and monthly goals and then six month goals is a great way to be more successful not only as a christian entrepreneur but as an entrepreneur period i mean time management is in more ways than one an entrepreneur's best friend
2: exactly and um, I know a lot of entrepreneurs use Evernote and tools like that online to plan their week um, so a, a really good time to do that is on a Sunday you don't have to take the whole day obviously but you can just take a little you know half hour in in your Sunday afternoon uh, when everybody's doing stuff and you know you have some free time or it could be in the evening and you just plan your week successful entrepreneurs will plan in uh, quarterlies, in quarters. Um, So every three months they have a a project that they want to accomplish. And so I was looking into uh, a really good planner that is uh, highly recommended by entrepreneurs, is the Michael Hyatt's planner. It's uh, called Full Focus Planner. The whole concept of it, I'm gonna leave you a link at the end of the podcast to check it out, um, is that it really, Like we've seen that a lot of entrepreneurs kind of lose focus when uh, they don't take things into small bites. Mm. So the idea (laughs) is that it's a 90 day achievement cycle so that your planner is all like in the crux of 90 days, basically. And they send you one every 90 days. So you're you they and they teach you how to use it. So you have videos teaching you how to use it, so that you can maximize your planning. So you have daily um, focus. You have daily planning. You have weekly planning. You have monthly planning. And they also plan six months in ahead and and a year in ahead. But they really try to do goals that are, you know, like what I call daily method of operations and weekly method of operations so that you really maximize and get those goals done. So the whole thing is really focused to really get you great results. So I encourage you to look uh, to check that out because I really think that out of all the planners that I've seen out there, I really um, think that this is one that is really good for somebody that's you know, um, has a hard time focusing or, or, uh, you know, needs something that's more um, set on a daily basis, able to get back to that regularly to stay focused. So
1: what Liz is saying is that she got me one for my birthday because she saw the necessity for it.
2: (laughs) It's in the mail. It's coming. It's in the mail. (laughs) No, but I also, um, I I am going to get one. And I, I do know an entrepreneur that does use it. And he's extremely um, focused on systems and you know, blocking his days and very goal-oriented. And he really does accomplish the goals that he sets out to do. So when he recommended this uh, planner, I thought it was great to, to mention it to you. And I actually looked it up then and I said, wow, this is really good. Because there's actually a mini course that's done with you. Um, by Michael Hyatt that really explains exactly how he goes about it and why he's so effective, Hmm. right? Yeah, and and it's one of his
1: strengths, uh, Michael Hyatt, uh, daily planning, monthly planning, weekly planning. It's always been one of his MOs, and uh, I think he's a great teacher when it comes to that stuff.
2: Exactly. We encourage you to check that out. And um, there's um, a clip that we'd like to play for you. Um, it's a clip. I was listening to uh, time management uh, about systems and all that by John Maxwell. <laughs> because,
1: because believe it or not, when we, when we have a podcast to do, we prepare ourselves. We do listen to some content.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, a lot of content. So, and I thought this was really, really gold. Like it this, was. This clip was really funny, but it was to just to show you to what extent, to what measures, <laughs> some Christian entrepreneurs. Uh, how they're thinking, you know, it's it's their thinking that's so different. Yeah. And that's what makes them successful because they aren't focused on the same things that we are at times. You know, they really tweak their minds to think in different ways and to really focus on time management as if, you know, they were going to run out of time as, tomorrow and well, have like one hour less and the next day one hour less and the less... <laughs>
1: well, you know what? We're joking around, we're kind of finding it funny, but at the same time... They're very kingdom conscious. Yeah. Those Christian entrepreneurs who do it like that, they know because we are all, whether Christian or not, we're living on borrowed time. Right. And uh, I think that Christians, oftentimes we take that time for granted. And, you know, whenever we're doing an activity that is not glorifying God, that is not making the kingdom go farther, that is not helping us in our personal growth, in our relationship with God, you know, this big fun and entertainment mentality that we have in in today's you know society uh, it's detrimental for 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 a christian entrepreneur i mean uh, oftentimes i find myself doing things like what have i just wasted my life not my life but my time on you know the Mm -hmm. same times you watch random you you go on youtube you want to search for a certain thing and then you see another ad for another video and then you click on the other video and then the other and the next and the next and then five videos later you're like what am I watching was like, <laughs> like I'm wasting my time here and, I, and you just look at the clock and you realize you wasted an hour and it's very insidious
2: and the iPhone too right the iPhone um, you know we're used to to being a te- world of technology where um, we want to you know have these gadgets that help us to be more time more t- to manage our time better so we have all these apps But next thing you know, you're looking at your phone a lot and you're doing this and thinking, okay, I have to do this and I have to do that. And you're like not really working at what you're supposed to be doing. So it's good to, you know, have your phone away from you many times during the day where you know that you have to do this task where you really need to focus and, um, you know I know people that even in the home business industry that are a lot on their iPhones to do their their work well I personally find that if I'm on my laptop doing the exact same work I will get a lot more accomplished than if I'm on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. Because on my iPhone were all the apps and the this and the that and the, the emails popping up yeah. and then the phone rings and then you know, next thing you know, you're just like, uh, I was supposed to do this, and yeah. I could, you know, you get sidetracked.
1: And, and we easily get sidetracked, sucked into it because we oftentimes fall for the trap that business is like productivity, I'm actually doing something, I'm okay, yeah. I'm productive. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. No, you're so not.
2: so it's important and actually one of my coaches had pointed this out and had said, mark down your day. Like write down in one day everything that you did during that whole day. And you'll see that there are you know blocks of time where you absolutely wasted doing nothing that was, you know, goal oriented towards your goals. Like it wasn't any daily method of operation doing anything that was gonna help you make any money and uh, you realize to what extent you do lose time when you actually write down all the the time, everything that you did in that day, just to test yourself.
1: Yeah, and we kind of went on a tangent here. We were presenting you the clip with John Maxwell, so we'll get back to that now. We're gonna play you that clip uh, where John Maxwell talks about his time management, and you're gonna get a good chuckle, but at the same time, you're gonna see where he's going with this. So here's the clip.
0: Number one time waster is looking for things that are lost. That's a fact. I laughed when I did this lesson. This is one of the easiest lessons I ever did when I really sat down and thought about it because it's all out of my life. But I thought, all of my idiosyncrasies are going to come out in this lesson. For example, when I went to get my glasses the last time, I ordered six pair of glasses. And the the, the, the doctor said, what do you want six pair of glasses for? I said, you really don't want to know. Just give me six pair of glasses. (laughs) In fact, I gave him the 24-hour test. Got my eyes tested and gave him 24 hours to have them. if he couldn't get them done for me in 24 hours, I'd go to find someone else to get it done for him. And I said, I want six pair of glasses. And he said, no, I got it. He said, I'll do the six, but why do you want six pair of glasses? And I said, well, the number one time waster is looking for things that are lost. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put these glasses everywhere I read. Then I never have to carry them. So whenever I sit down, I'm I've just got my glasses. So in the kitchen, many times when Margaret and I have breakfast, we'll sit together and and we'll do a little reading, do a little talking. So I have glasses in the kitchen. I have glasses at my desk at my home office. I have glasses at my desk at the office where the Enjoy group meets. I have glasses in my bedroom by my favorite sitting chair where I read. I have glasses in my car, so if I'm in my car, I can just reach in and pull them out. I've got glasses wherever I sit to read. Now, see, you're always saying, this is a real stupid man. (laughs) <laughs> but here's what I want you to know. Hey. <laughs> when I'm ready to read, got my glasses. Now, these are just going to be simple systems that by the way, don't go out of here saying I've got to do all these in my life to be successful. I mean, don't say now I have figured out why I have not yet made it to the top. I have not bought six pair of glasses. <laughs> it may bankrupt you to the bottom. So all I'm just saying is these are things. These are, this is just the way I think so I can get things done fast and effectively.
1: Okay, we're back. Uh, I love that clip. I mean, it's so hilarious. Uh, the glasses thing it was just, I couldn't believe it. Uh, but at the same time, you're like, wow, he really makes it a priority and it's, it takes it seriously. Although he, you know, it was kind of funny, but it's that important to him because he understands that every second counts. I mean, you know, sometimes you're like, well in a day every hour counts okay you're you're on the right track but you're on a better track when you're like every minute counts and you're even on a better track when you're like every second
2: counts exactly and you know that's a a huge point when i was doing my research that i noticed that this kept kept coming back you know the time management the productivity it's very successful entrepreneurs, Christian entrepreneurs will really focus on maximizing their time. They don't want to, they don't want to waste their time and they're constantly thinking during their day, what can I do today to um, make sure that I don't waste time in this way? Like for example, like, well, what you heard with the glasses, right? He realized that he was wasting a tremendous amount of time. Uh, it could be your keys, it could be that your office doesn't have a good system, you know, the, you're, you're not planned enough, you're not um, structured enough, and I've noticed, and I've heard this many, many times, even from coaches uh, that, I, that I have been coached by, and they all repeat this, oh, that yeah. they all have systems, they all have planners, and they have a way of doing things. They have a, a daily method of operation. And they're very, very disciplined in getting that done. And they're constantly thinking how they can make something that's a time waster, how they can get rid of that and make yeah. it more efficient.
1: Actually, I think it's safe to say, Liz, that if you don't have a good time management system, you're doomed to fail.
2: Exactly. I mean,
1: this is, it's as simple as that. I mean I don't think I know any successful Christian entrepreneur who doesn't manage his time well. That's just it just just doesn't go together. Success and poor time management don't go together.
2: And I think as a Christian, we're more conscious of time because we know that it's short. We don't have this mentality that we're going to live forever because we know that God we're, we're controls time. Conscious.
1: We're more death yeah, conscious as Christians.
2: Exactly. And if you're trying to accomplish God's vision for your life and your purpose, then there's so much that you want to do to please God that you just want to maximize your time to do as much to please Him. So, you know, there's that shift of mentality that's different. And, uh, the you know, the being conscious of death, being conscious that we're here only for a certain time to accomplish what we have to do on earth because then you know, we're, we're going to be doing other things in heaven for God when we get there, right? So I just want to uh, finish this point with two really good quotes by Brian Tracy. Hmm. The whole purpose of time management is to enable you to have more time to spend with the people you love doing the things you enjoy. That's one of his quotes. Oh,
1: that's good stuff.
2: And time management requires self-discipline, self-mastery, and self-control more than anything else.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I think it's one of the toughest things uh, for the, as a challenge for the entrepreneur to manage their time. Number six, number six successful Christian entrepreneurs are action-oriented. They're in continual action mode okay it's it's the ability to get on with the job and get it done fast it's your ability to develop and maintain a sense of urgency and a bias for action fast tempo in whatever you do is essential to your success okay so it's very very important to be action oriented you remember the the saying uh, idle hands are the devil's playground well as an entrepreneur idle hands don't have a place in your life at all i mean it it shouldn't be you need that constant movement, momentum to keep going. And and not just momentum in in, in just activity, like I mentioned earlier, like uh, mistaking activity for productivity. Now, that's a mistake you don't want to make, but the action steps that are going to lead you to accomplishing things are so important. And you need to implement them in your life by being an action-oriented person.
2: Yeah, so successful entrepreneurs successful Christian entrepreneurs understand that they need to push aside their fears okay we focus on those verses that encourage us to push away fears and that God is in control like we we need to brainwash our our minds with those verses because as we know there's a lot of things that we have to do sometimes to get outside of our um, comfort zones and these can be things that you're not always comfortable with, maybe you fear. You know, we all have our own, you know, lies sometimes that we tell ourselves. So we have to push through those fears to be able to get that um, action into place. So they overcome procrastination by putting aside their fears. So I think that's one of the key things that Christian entrepreneurs really focus on.
1: So yeah, so courage basically is a great tool to help you be more action-oriented
2: exactly yeah
1: it's, it takes courage
2: so number seven is they are self-disciplined so your ability to discipline yourself to master yourself to control yourself is the most important single quality that you can develop as a person mm-hmm. so the habit of self-discipline goes hand in hand with success in every area of your life so in, Pro, in Proverbs 19:20, it says, "Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise."
1: Mm, that's a good verse. And in Second Timothy chapter one verse seven, we read, "For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline." According to some version, uh, versions, it's a, a sound mind but other versions mention it as self-discipline. That's interesting. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. And I love this verse because, you know, as Christians, we're oftentimes uh, try to mellow ourselves down like, well, the important is just participating and everything, and yet Paul here is reminding us of the importance of winning. He wants yeah. us to be winners. God wants you to be winners.
2: Even if you do, yeah, and even if you don't don't win, you run as if you're gonna win. As if
1: you're gonna win. God God doesn't want slouches on His team. He, he wants people who are self disciplined, and who are uh, dedicated to constantly improve themselves. And it reminds me of uh, the seventy resolutions of Jonathan yeah. Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was um, the leader uh, in the Great Awakening back in the 1700s. And uh, the man was a typical bookworm, uh, very, very studious, uh, always digging deep in in theological questions. And uh, he was a typical nerd. But do not be mistaken, Jonathan Edwards was a master of self-discipline. And when you read... These 70 resolutions, you will be amazed at how he made his life that into that race to win the prize. Actually, when I read them, not only do, do they inspire me to become better, but they shame me. I mean, when I read that, I'm like, whoa, I am so far from being that, m- maximizing what God wants me to be. Jonathan Edwards took every minute of every day to devote his mind, body, and spirit in subjection to the will of God. And his 70 resolutions truly reflect that. And that is why he was so successful. I know you're going to think, well, what do you mean by successful? Yeah, you know, I mean, he had a good earthly success, but jonathan edwards was blessed beyond belief in his seed in his descendants uh there was someone who made a study of this the the descendants of jonathan edwards and he listed uh his children grandchildren and great-grandchildren who like who they became it was astounding to see how god blessed this one man's descendants to a degree that is absolutely wow i mean you had college professors doctors lawyers uh, men of state incredible influencers and in this one man wow. uh, is descendants it was just incredible so if you guys you know we we think today like i'm going to read a book by john max or i'm going to read a book by miles monroe or td jakes and it's going to give me you know motivation or it's going to sharpen me and I'm not saying they won't. They are excellent authors. They're great people to follow today, but if you want to have your mind blown, read those 70 resolutions of Jonathan Edwards, and you'll be like you'll feel like a, a you'll mm-hmm. feel like he was a spiritual giant, but you'll feel yourself like a dwarf, and it's a good feeling. It trust me. It, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> you want to you want to emulate these great people of history. You don't want to be. Uh, following people uh, that uh, just won't call you to greatness, basically, right. and I think those seventy resolutions are just that. I mean, it's just incredible.
2: Absolutely. So that brings us to number eight. They limit what they tolerate. Hmm. So successful Christian interpre- entrepreneurs don't cultivate success from their wants. They extract it from the world by limiting what they what they'll tolerate. So. They don't tolerate incompetence or unhelpful people. They don't tolerate an absence of results. They don't tolerate social pressures. They're willing to embrace the isolation, solitude, and suffering it takes to build something truly great.
1: Oh, that's good. That's something we're often reminded by uh, some good sermons out there. T.D. Jakes is good at that. He's going to remind us of all the solitude and suffering that, that um, working on working on your vision, working on what God has called you to do may bring. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, uh, stick with it. And that's what we're saying here too. Stick with it. Uh, pursuing that vision, working that day in, day out is going to make you feel isolated, alone. And it's going to be hard and it's going to take a toll on you. But that's because you're on your way to building something truly great.
2: Exactly. And that's why it's also imp- important to eliminate the the things that are not important right so i was reading here and they i i added this statistics here oh
1: that blew my mind
2: they were talking about billionaires in the research i was doing and they said billionaires are the one percent of people who tolerate what 99 percent of us avoid and generally avoid what 99% of us tolerate.
1: <laughs> that is so, good, right there, it sums it up. But, but, and mind you, we're talking about uh, billion, how can I put this, not inherited billionaires, okay? We're not talking about those. We're talking about those who work their way to there, okay?
2: Right. So they are constantly optimizing their lives. They are asking themselves on a daily basis, where is the operational drag in my life? What can I get rid of today to make tomorrow better?
1: And I like this this eight point by that says they limit what they tolerate because as Christians, we're often preached to 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 you know be patient, be loving, be kind, like kind of embrace everybody and everything. And and, and this eight point says look. No you know you're building a business, and it's not because you're a Christian that you need to tolerate incompetence or tolerate unhelpful people or or people that are gonna slow down your progress right and and I think that's a very important point yes we're we are to be loving, but we're not to be stupid uh, I think at some point you gotta look at the people that you that that are with you in this and evaluate is this person helping me go forward? Is this person actually contributing or not. And if they're not, why are you keeping them around? Seriously. I mean, you're, you know, you're you're building something great here, and you're not going to build something great with people who aren't great. Right. Okay.
2: And number 9, they rely on other people. So successful Christians don't just occasionally lean on other people. They absolutely rely on them to make it through each day. So you may have a personal assistant, maybe you have a VA, so that's a virtual assistant helping you out. As your business grows, obviously at first when you start out, you're doing most of it by yourself. But as your business grows and the money starts coming in, you'll see that as your vision gets bigger and bigger, you will need that extra help. You cannot be that you know (laughs) man-made self-billionaire. It takes other people to get you there, to get to To make it bigger, and John Maxwell always says this regularly in yeah. in his talks. I am, you know, John Maxwell, but I would not be where I'm at where I'm at if it wasn't for the team of people that I work with.
1: And that goes for all of them. All of the successful,
2: yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a team, a team of people that they they know how to work with, and that all have their own roles and are all you know great um, helpers, and they all work together, right? Everybody has. Their own assignments and things that make him better and push forward. So you have to think bigger. I know a lot of you, entrepreneurs, and you know, a lot of people uh, just want to do it themselves. And there's certain things that are just time wasters, okay, that you can get somebody on Fiverr to do inexpensively, that it's worth the extra money to pay to outsource to have more time focused on what's important that only you can do.
1: Exactly. It's it's going to help you to focus on your strengths. As you reach the next level and the next and the next, you're going to see the need to have more people on your team that are going to take care of the nitty-gritty that is dragging you down because there's some things that only you can do on that team. And for the rest, you're going to have a, a good team. You're going to put together a good team that are going to take care of all the rest
2: yeah and that applies to the household as well you know as big as your gr- business as big as you wanted to grow to grow it you will need that extra help at home so uh you know you might have to outsource in that way as well to get extra help at home that you may have to pay to get some chores done certain things because you won't have you won't be able to do it all yeah. you know there's no point in you mopping floors and working uh, you know, If you can
1: afford otherwise, if, I mean, you if afford you've got otherwise. more than enough money to, to, to get someone to do that for you, like, come on. I mean, I, I know as, as Christians, we're taught, well, it's not responsible if I don't do it myself and uh, it's my home, I should take care of it. And, but as you reach new levels in your life and God allows that for that to be taken care of by someone else, why wouldn't you? I exactly. mean, seriously cause if you, if you have a vision you're building towards that vision that God gave you well you're going to want to focus most of your efforts on what gets you there faster
2: Exactly and it's not it
1: won't be it won't happen by mopping the floors you know if you can afford otherwise like I said if you can't afford it yeah that's no problem just keep doing it I mean we still mop our own floors but when you reach that uh, that second level and third level and fourth level uh, you're going to have to change the way you see things and how you how you build that team around you
2: exactly and and we do like there's a there are certain things that we've seen that are time wasters that we know that we need to delegate Um, I think that's one of the biggest time wasters because entrepreneurs are very innovative and they want to do everything themselves and you know they they see this and that and I want it like this and I want it like that and they're very perfectionist in their ways when it comes to their business because a lot of them have that that trait but it could be dangerous in that way. If you want to always do it all yourself all the time, your business will not get f- very far. You know, yeah. and we hear a lot about it in home, in the home business industry, by coaches talking about this to outsource because um, with social media, with you know everything that we're doing today, that it takes to get visibility online. There's a lot of time wasters, uh, tasks that you can get done by a virtual assistant. It's really not necessary to pay for these. I mean, to not pay for it and to do it yourself and waste hours a day.
1: And I think it was John Maxwell who said, uh, nothing of lasting value was ever accomplished by an individual acting alone. Exactly. So you're not a one-man show, you're not a one-woman show, and that's perfectly okay.
2: And there are areas in in your business and in your life that you may have that you're not perfect at and that you do need that extra push. Like we're a couple entrepreneur uh, business. So we both work together with Thriving on Purpose and we both have different strengths and it took us time to learn which strength that we had and how we can apply and this and that. And and so, you know, if I was working alone and I didn't have Sebastian, then I would have to hire somebody to do to do exactly what i'm lacking it's really hard to be a one person show and to be good at it all it's rather impossible you will at one point hit a wall and say i'm just not going anywhere like i'm not propelling i'm just staying at the same level because you really need somebody that's an expert in whatever it is that you have a harder time mastering to help you out
1: so yeah that that just basically puts it, pulls it all down. That on your team, everybody needs to have different strengths to contribute differently.
2: Exactly. So number ten is they are dedicated to helping build God's kingdom by helping people.
1: God's kingdom is built on people. I mean, uh, the church. <laughs> Pastor once said that the church is comprised of the uh, all the believers, and all every single believer is an, is one brick in the wall. Uh, and that's exactly the way it is. I think as a Christian entrepreneur, the way you perceive people is greatly determining how much, how far God's going to take your business. He won't take your business very far if you don't value people. Simple as that. And you need to understand how God sees people. Uh, it's in, I think it's in First it John. You say you love God, and yet you can't stand your own brother who is made in his image. Seriously. I mean, that as a, as a Christian, never mind the entrepreneur, just as a Christian, you need to value people in a certain way. You need to value them more than in the world. And in the world, they're actually, they're getting pretty good at it. I mean, the, you listen to uh, people, uh, all kinds of teachers out there, um, mainstream teachers, and they actually implement this quite a bit in their philosophy in their teachings how much valuing people is important for success in business so how much more as a believer should you do it i mean if that's their standard in the world yeah whoa it should be your standard and then some as a christian entrepreneur
2: exactly christian entrepreneurs are driven by helping people with their service their ideas their innovations adding value to others, making a difference in the world. Some Christian entrepreneurs are so bold in their faith that they use their business as a conduit to proclaim the gospel and advance the kingdom and the cause of God on earth.
1: Yeah. Well, what you just said that last part, that's really so very true. For some, their vision is like, for example, they're like, I can't wait to reach so-and-so level of success. So that I'll be be able to do more for the kingdom, more for God, preach the gospel more, uh, print out more tracts or implement certain uh, principles through my business. Uh, For example, buck knives. I don't know if some of you out there are hunters or like to do that on on weekends or whatnot, but um, buck knives are probably the best made knives in America. They're very well known. And I was given... Uh, an outdoor knife by my wife a few years back for my birthday and it, was, it came in a box and uh, as I opened the box I, I smelled the, the, the leather and it was a wonderful experience for me as a man but there was also a paper in the box and on that paper was kind of like the Buck Knives mission statement. And it was very inspiring because they basically said that their business wouldn't be possible without glorifying God. And they had a verse, I think it was John 3 16. Anyway, it was like a, a small evangelical paper inserted in their box. And they're, they're basically taking a bold stand. And I thought it was amazing because I'm like, wow, they sell. How many knives do they sell? They must have quite a bit. And I don't know if it came in all the different kind of knives they sell or whatnot, but it's part of the philosophy of that business to to say to themselves, hey, every knife we sell, we're gonna preach the gospel through it. Mm. Now that that to me was very inspiring. And the same thing with the John Maxwell team. I mean, you guys know uh, Liz and I are both certified John Maxwell team coaches. But uh, what you probably don't know is that every uh, year, there are two events every year uh, that are held in Florida where the, the whole John Maxwell team members are invited to go and it's three days of intense training and we get we get incredible value John is there and he teaches us and all that but most people don't know that the John Maxwell team itself is a secular organization they, they, they basically form coaches and teachers leadership trainers but they are a secular organization however every training John spends a whole day, and it's usually held on the Sunday, where he basically preaches his guts out. He's on stage over there presenting the gospel to the attendees who are John Maxwell team members and coaches, of whom some are not saved, of whom some have not made a commitment to God. And John takes that time to use that platform, to preach the gospel to his team members and I find it so inspiring that every time he does that
2: absolutely and I've actually seen I think in one of the events it was in the middle of the week I think it was on the Wednesday morning where he told people in advance that on the Tuesday night he said next day was going to be a religious service and that all people were invited even those that weren't people of faith that he said it yeah and and ended up and everybody pretty much ended up showing up because they didn't want to miss out they didn't want to miss out was full jam jam packed and uh at the end he did an altar call and there were tons of people that came in front to to give their lives to christ so you know there's so many clever ways that you can make an impact on non-believers with your business and uh impact people and i've all, i've seen a lot of christian entrepreneurs even on instagram creating all kinds of really innovative uh, amazing businesses that empower and help other christian entrepreneurs
1: mm-hmm. to, also to, yeah
2: to help you know build the
1: well thriving on purpose that's our vision i mean when when i
2: yeah
1: first founded the business uh, i thought i was going to be i had very lofty expectations of myself i thought i was going to be a second john maxwell <laughs> and, and, and make a, uh, a secular organization, you know, with Christian principles. But then later, as I, as I went forward, I was like, no, you know, that's not me. That's not who I am. I really want to edify God's people. I really want that to be the center of Thriving On Purpose. So we're basically using our business to, to encourage and help other believers. Not all Christian businesses are like that, or not all Christian entrepreneurs uh, have that type of vision, and that's perfectly fine. But there is always, like Liz said, clever ways that your business can become a conduit uh, for God's glory. We know, uh, yeah,
2: we know successful copywriters that are Christians and that work as copywriters for Christian niches, for Christian churches, organizations, Christian businesses. There's all kinds of clever ways to, to, you know, help God's people. My
1: copywriting coach actually. Joshua Boswell. He uh, he has a very successful copywriting uh, business that he started for himself, and it's. Uh, he said that the greatest reward he gets is when he helps non-profit organizations get those much-needed funds. So when he writes a letter for a nonprofit and it really works, and it gets to that that percentage where they they, they get the the response they need from the letter, he says he's he's, he's on in seventh heaven. Right. for him that's the best feeling in the world
2: absolutely so we hope that this um, podcast has encouraged you as Christian entrepreneurs to really apply these principles Um, we all have to work on them these are all principles that you know you might have some areas that uh, are lacking but I hope that this really helped you to see where you need to get on track and where you need to focus maybe fixing and and you know, working on those points so that you can really maximize and be a, a powerful Christian entrepreneur for God's kingdom.
1: Yeah, and if that, if this episode has really helped you, and you're like, this has really helped me, and I want to give back to these guys, they're awesome. Because yeah, we, I mean, it's okay to think that. We, we won't, <laughs> we won't object if you think we're awesome. And if you do think we're awesome, it'd be great if you left a He's review. She's joking. <laughs> No, I'm actually happy if they think we're awesome. (laughs) But if you guys really felt encouraged and you want to give back, the best way to give back is to leave a positive review on iTunes or other platforms where you might be listening to us.
2: So have a great week, be blessed,
1: and thrive on.
0: Thanks for listening to the Thriving on Purpose podcast. Be sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com to access the show notes and to discover more fantastic content. Until next time, be blessed and may you thrive on purpose.